0: G'day everyone and welcome to the bi-weekend edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Of course, no footy for the Crows this week, but still a bit going on and uh, still lots to talk about. So let's not waste any more time. Let's crack straight into it, shall we? Good evening, and welcome to the Queen's Birthday long weekend edition of the weekend wrap, brought to you by Crowcast. Uh, no footy for us this weekend, so we don't have to talk about a loss, which is great. Uh, but joining me tonight is my reliable offsider Macca. How are you going, Mac?
1: Well, not too bad, mate. You know, travelling well. Um, as you say, uh, we didn't have a game this week, but gee, there is a lot to talk about, mate a lot to talk about.
0: There's a bit to talk about Uh, we'll talk about some AFL news we'll talk about uh, the season so far, we'll even talk about the uh, round just gone Um, so stick with us Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube probably a lot of people didn't realise we were going to do a cast this weekend so hopefully some people filter through as they see it on their socials or else of course uh, we'll have people uh, listening in on demand during the week Maca without any further ado let's get right into Macca's roundup, shall we? Uh, not a huge... uh uh, the, none of the games have been terribly inspiring, in my opinion. Uh, the Tigers, 11-11, 77, beat Port by 12 points, 10-5, 65. It was a, a shame to see Port go down again.
1: Uh, yeah, look, I, I shed a tear or two. I often cry when I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it was very, 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 very average game between two very, very average teams, I thought, theme. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to put Port down. I just think that they are two... They're two teams, they can't win the flag, and they're just average teams. And uh, Richmond jumped them early, got 26 points up, all gradually yep. eroded, even hit the front in the last quarter, but they end up losing by 12, and I was very happy. That's yep. not bad.
0: If Paul can't beat Richmond, they can't make the eight. There you go.
1: No. I mean, look, at Bolton, for example, though, He five shots he missed, being, three in a row that you would kick the left foot, and I'd I'd, kick them, I'd even head them through. Uh, he just missed
0: some real citizen, Mac. Um, oh, Mac! I was out kicking the footy with my youngest today, and I replicated each of those six shots, and I got them all. <laughs> yeah, I <I'm> just
1: want to have one issue in that game: the the Butters versus uh, Jonas issue, where they collide and hit heads, and yep. one went back after six minutes of being treated, one went after eight minutes of being treated. Yeah, um, I would guarantee you, I would guarantee you that. If that had been in the first quarter, there may well have been a concussion test I mean, this means, uh, without any other people off the ground.
0: Mac, and- it's, it's not the first time Port Adelaide have been caught up in a bit of concussion testing controversy. I remember one either last season or the season before, I can't remember exactly which, uh, but they were also questioned about not applying concussion protocols. Um You know, uh, supposedly the doctors look at the vision and and make an initial assessment about whether there's anything that warrants a concussion test. Uh, I would have thought the impact between those two lads would have warranted a concussion test. But um, what's his name? Jonas uh, had 11 stitches in that eye. Um, Yep. And I'm a bit surprised, given the, the AFL's tough stance, or supposed tough stance on... Concussion that uh, there hasn't been a little bit more said about it, to be honest with
1: you. I AFL have cleared it, uh, but I'll guarantee you if it had been two Croats players and we did exactly that, the AFL would put an inquiry into it. i oh, bet my. Uh, well, I'm not going to
0: say what, but I'll bet them on it. Yep, 100%. 100%. Anyway, let's move on. Essendon and Carlton. Uh, Carlton 26 points in the end, 12.880 to Essendon uh, 7.12.54. Uh, Carlton. No, off the boil, we'll make the eight, won't trouble the scorers in the finals, I don't think. Well, it was the
1: Don's 150th, and I saw Heppel give a mighty big prep-up uh, prep yeah. for the boys before the game, and that's yeah. about where it's. It ended for the and after that. Yeah. Um, you know, they, I'd say this, you know, that, while uh, then believe they lost Chera very early, actually, out of their midfield, uh, but they're... Midfield still won the day with Cripps and Hewitt and what's the other one? Walsh. They dominated yep. the centre square. Uh, and up forward, they got Kerno and McKay. Um, look at Essendon. Stringer, fat, unfit. Just, i just, it's an absolute disgrace to see him out there looking like that. And uh, parroted he's uh hammy. He's one of their good book getters. So, uh, look, Essendon... Uh, I reckon. I reckon Ruttons in real trouble.
0: Oh, I don't think he lights out the season. I was very interested in. Uh, there's there's been a groundswell this year, and particularly over the last month or six weeks or so, just to ease James Heard back into everyone's consciousness, and he certainly got introduced with, uh, you know, much hoopla during that pre-game celebration. Um, mm-hmm. I can't see him back at Essendon. I just think that would be a bridge too far from a PR perspective, but uh, I can see him coaching somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think you're quite right. He'd probably probably make a very good coach too. So uh, um, I'd still, you know, that whole saga with Essendon, we still don't really know what did happen, and I'm sure there was drugs going on, and uh, the guy that they used to visit his house and get a, a special injection... Um, and that never really ever came to fruition, what really did happen. But oh, uh,
0: but there was nothing wrong with what he was having. Well, you, you ask him. Well, he said so. I know. <laughs> exactly. and, and,
1: and we can't prove it otherwise. But
0: <laughs> nah, for that
1: right. reason, he's going to always have that cloud over his head.
0: Well, they're doing uh, the level best to uh, let bygones be bygones on that one. Um, Fremantle fought off a determined Hawthorne, 14-11-95, 13-point winners in the end over the Hawks, 12-10-82. Um, Hawthorne not playing a bit bad brand of football. They've lost a couple that they've uh, been well in over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Frio just getting the job done.
1: Good summary uh, there, Fain. Um the free Freo have actually got a pretty good side actually it's surprising mm-hmm. how they, they they've assembled such a good midfield too uh yeah they got Brayshaw they got Brody gifted to them by the Gold Coast they they drafted sarong we could have had sarong yes uh, Monday uh, and five player he returned and he played very well and mm-hmm. uh, they got a good ruckman in Darcy and and they're getting the best out of people like Aish and acres
0: um, that's right they they're, they're, they're French players.
1: They are. And so they're obviously a very happy team. They're very, uh, coached very well. Look, I, I think Creole will definitely play finals. There's no question about that. And, uh, whether they're good enough to, uh, beat the, the really, really top sides, I don't know. But at the moment, they're sitting up there as, as
0: one of the very good sides. I think the, when you get those sort of role players playing well, I, I think it, it, Signifies that the coach has got his message across and he's very organised. And Fremantle seem very organised at the moment, and that it'll take a team to disrupt their structures and their their um you know their setups uh, in order to cause them trouble. Because if you let Fremantle play the way they want to play, they're very difficult to beat at the moment. Everyone is very much singing from the same hymn book in that team.
1: Hundred percent right, there, Fien. Um and a little bit of credit to Hawthorne because I think they possibly the best non-best uh, team that can't possibly make the eight, because they, they always uh, give a good fight before they go under.
0: That's true, yep, I'd agree with that. Um, and uh, the Lions accounting for St Kilda uh, 10-18-78 by 21 points over Saints 8-9-57, but uh, a couple of blokes going down and uh, one or two injury concerns uh, for the Lions out of that game, particularly Zorco. Uh, looked to do his hammy pretty well. He did, uh,
1: yeah, he did definitely. well uh, there was two good sides that flogged it out there. But and uh, no, the Saints were on top in the first half,
0: and
1: yeah, they were still only three, and uh, only three points down a three-quarter time. But you could see they were going to lose, Fiend, because they they had three players injured, two from con- concussions. They actually did their concussion tests. Yep, like
0: yeah, yeah,
1: Uh and. Uh, and one other player got went went off with, with a hammy and uh, they, they only had two players to rotate and you could just see in that last quarter they could barely lift their legs in the last quarter and Brisbane ran yeah. all over them in the last quarter. Um, so it'd be interesting if, the, if they'd had five full rotations for the game to see what the result would have been. It mm. might have been different. But yeah. uh, and Zorko, he went down. That was fairly late, I think, Zorko went down. But uh,
0: uh, Yeah, early in the last, I think it was. Yeah, so
1: it, it looked like he just grabbed it straight away. He's pretty high, and so it's definitely a hammy. So you'd think he might be out for a week or two.
0: I reckon a bit of hammy, a bit of groin on that one. Um, so, mm-hmm. and he's a bit uh, hamstring prone. Uh, just on that, Jared Lyons, another just Jared Lyons just keeps turning up and putting in good games. And wouldn't you like him as your outside midfielder? Just uh, getting the hands from our inside players and delivering into forward 50. You know, we identified that when he was with us, that he was extremely underrated as a ball deliverer. And uh, he's so neat as a footballer and he's turned into a very smart player. And I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for Jared that he's been able to forge a career after a bit of a false start at the Suns following uh, just just poor player assessment at Adelaide.
1: Well, and yes, uh, definitely. With us, uh, we we didn't rate him, um, and then we gave him to Gold Coast for a pretty cheaply, and they actually gave him away for
0: nothing. Well, so, that was a deal. Uh, that was a deal done, I think. Um, to, do you remember
1: something to, underneath the surface, then?
0: Yeah, I can't remember what exactly it was, but um, Gold Coast agreed to delist him in return for the Lions not going after some player. I think from memory.
1: Goodness me, I didn't think illegal things like that happened. No,
0: goodness, no. But, I mean, look, the simple fact is he's a really good, solid player um, and it's just another bad read by our football club. A shot terribly a bad read. Um, and then this afternoon, possibly the worst standalone game in the history of football. Um, Greater Western, 15-12-102, getting up over north... Melbourne VFL team, 7 11, 53 by 49 points. That was a, pardon my French, that was a shit game of football. It was terrible. Well,
1: North. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, am yeah, I'm just kind of laughing remembering it. Uh, GWS, they had seven goals on the board before North Melbourne scored, and they only ended up winning by eight. And what we actually had was the most incompetent AFL side playing on the ground in one team and on the other side, a game of lairs who just like to kick around in circles to each other rather than going bang, trying oh. to score all the time. I mean, their circle, circle work is very good. Um, but, uh, Harry, look, Harry, I'm and uh, um, Not Himmelberg, sorry. Uh, we always had the wrong Himmelberg. Yeah, we this did. This one had 37 disposals from fullback. Yeah,
0: from fullback. Well, <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, our, our people wouldn't have had 37 disposals in his career, would he? <laughs> um, now, goodness now. me. And, you know, uh, there's a few things came out of the game, though, to me, though, Fiend, out of this one. Mm-hmm. Jason born mm-hmm. He's not He's not loving life at North Melbourne one little bit. And there's another thing to come up. But he had one disposal up to quarter time and eight for the match. But and he's also going to get uh, reported. Well, he is reported. He's done a swinging round arm right straight on uh, Kelly's uh, forehead, and it like, to me, I would rate it as definitely deliberate. It would be medium and hard. Uh, and this she's going to get two games, in my opinion. And like he does not look like he's going. He's enjoying life out there one little bit. He just looked pissed off out there the whole game. His body language out there is horrible, absolutely horrible.
0: And, look, if you're North Melbourne, you'd be terribly concerned by that. You want buy-in from your young players. I mean, they've brought in Jason Horn francis as the future of their club, along with, you know, Colin, uh, sorry, um, what's his name? Uh, the other high-end midfielder they picked the year before? Uh, yeah, Holland. No, no, no. Not Holland. Holland? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, they've got two or oh, three that's gold. there. Oh, that's gold. oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they got two or three in there, and uh, young lads, uh, and then Phillips, that's right. Thanks, Jeremiah. Uh Will Phillips and uh, the young lad from Sturt as well. Um, that's the future of their club. And if they can't get buy-in from the future of their club, uh, then they've got big problems. It does call into the question, in my opinion, a bit, Macca, the character of Jason. He's grown up in a very successful South Adelaide junior system. South, South juniors are very, very strong. Um, and when he went into the uh, senior team at South, they were doing pretty well, and he was very engaged. Yeah. This is the first time for a long time that Horn Francis has had to deal with a team that is, you know, let's face it, putrid. Um, And he's not dealing with it terribly well. Now, he may be looking to leave. He may not want to be in that environment. But I think at the moment, Jason's doing himself a bit of a disservice. And I think he needs to make sure that he's the best of a bad lot over there at the kangaroos while you, he's there you
1: watch the whole game they're, they're fine no I watched bits and pieces of it mate he, he was atrocious in terms of his body language it, it, I had not seen a player looking more pissed off being on a football oval than, than yeah. he was today and yeah. it he didn't if he had some good mates just people were coming back to him but I mean Stevenson he had one handbook to half time yeah. that guy's talented one handbook yeah. to half time um yeah. Greenwood, Greenwood, the mighty Greenwood, five disposals for the match. Yeah, and you got oh, sorry, eight, eight. Sorry, and it's uh, five disposals. That was Stevens for the whole game. Zeebel, the uh, captain, six disposals. I mean, they, it was you're quite right. This is the worst side I've seen for a long time, and their attitude is uh, it's, it's really second rate, and uh, they they. I, they ca- you can't give these bastards a priority pick because they've got the worst coach in the pro- uh, competition. They've got they, they, so a coach who'd never coached before. They're,
0: well, he has they, coached before. He has coached before. Not at yeah. AFL level, but he has coached before. He's never coached at AFL level before, though. He's, no, but he has coached before.
1: He's been found out. But quite he's, successfully. But and uh, on top of that, their draft selections are... Ridiculous. And going back to last year, um, getting offered three first rounders for Joe, for uh, Orn Francis. In their position, they should have taken it. It made common sense to take it to get three good players in there rather than gamble your whole future on one. And it turned out that one doesn't even want to be there.
0: Look, I think they, I think they made a blue, Mac. Um, they could have had Finn Callahan with number two. Uh, a Victorian who would have you know, been far less of a flight risk Um, you know may not have been any more enamoured with being there but at least you take the interstate thing out of the equation Um, but to be able to get three first rounders into that club and they desperately need talent Um, you know I understand it would have been a PR disaster in many respects because it's their first first round pick blah 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 get all of that get it all but if they were professionals, they would have seen that three first-round picks for one first-round pick in a draft is worth it every single time of the, of the week. Every, every single week. day of the week. Every day of the week. Every day of the week.
1: Because, you know, players are actually like used cars. Um, you can do a good comparison with them. Because if you take Lacocia, he went at pick number two. Mm-hmm. Now you know what, what's his pick value now.
0: He, oh, it'd be he, a low first rounder, high second rounder.
1: Yeah, like he's about a pick twenty to twenty five, in my opinion. Yeah, yep. and uh, and Jason Horn Francis, you know, to knock back three first rounders, he's got to be the best player in the competition year after year after year after year, after year to justify that. And and he, look, he won't be because he doesn't he doesn't even want to be there. No.
0: So, the The question is, uh, Maka. The question is, Macca, If you injected him into Adelaide's team at the moment, would he be any more engaged? I don't know, I, You Yeah,
1: know, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't like what I'm seeing in that player out on the ground. I'm just seeing a player who looks like a sport brat and is not happy.
0: I, I think you know. I. At the moment, he's playing like a bloke who thinks that the team is bigger than the individual. Uh, uh, sorry, the individual is bigger than the team. Um, yep. He seems to be completely annoyed that everyone isn't playing up to a standard that he feels they should be. Um, he doesn't seem to have a lot of patience with uh, with his teammates when they make errors. Uh, I'd say... Um, there's a bit of work to be done on character and there's probably a few question marks around character. Now, whether he's just being obnoxious because he's completely checked out and he's not engaged with the club at all and all the rest of it, we don't know what's happening inside the four walls. Um, but I think, I think, as I said to you before, I think he's doing himself a disservice at the moment. He needs to... Uh, he's a professional footballer and he's being paid to play to the best of his ability week in, week out. And the team, uh, the player is nev- never bigger than the individual. And, uh, oh, my God, how am I going with that? The player is never bigger than the team, and I think he needs to reset himself and put in a good second half of the year.
1: Yeah, well, I, I can't argue with what you're saying. But as I said... I- progressively I, I thought when he first started playing, in his very first game he played very well and I, I've just I've been watching a guy because I watch every game uh, I've been watching a, a player who's gradually getting more and more disinterested in doing well and
0: uh, well that said yeah. too, Macca if, if we sorry to interrupt you mate but just on that point you know, I've also watched him play games for North Melbourne where he has essentially carried them over the line... Well, not over the line, but he's carried that team with his efforts, and particularly earlier in the season. And we're talking about a first-year kid who is basically already the best player in that side. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, look, I would throw the kitchen sink at North Melbourne to get Jason Horn francis to play for Adelaide. I think he's that good. I think he's a generational player. Um, I think he's got so much ability and so much X-factor. Um, you know, uh, will we have the currency? We've got a few other, other gaps to plug as well. And this year's draft being a tall draft, you know, there's a couple of good forward prospects there that we might have to spend our first-round pick on. So I don't know whether we're going to end up with the currency, but I would be doing everything we possibly could to get Jason Horn francis to the club Um, because I think he complements... He's the X factor that our team needs at the moment. We've got a team of workhorses, uh, one or two that could potentially develop into, you know, elite players, but Jason's already an elite player. You can see it every time he walks onto the park.
1: Well, it's interesting because the other opportunities that we have uh, seen is that uh, the rumours about Dunkley still are not going away, and um, there's also a very strong rumour about Hopper at uh, GWS. Now, GWS are a likely team for one of their mids to go this year because they've always got salary cap pressure because they've got such good players or such good mids because they keep picking mids all the time. That uh, they've always got to shoot somebody out at the other end. Now, now Hopper's been he's missed some several weeks um, and he'll be coming back. But uh, gee, he would he'd be very handy to get in our side, and he certainly wouldn't cost what uh, Horn Francis would. And he's a proven very good player. So and the same with Dunkley. I mean, so if you had a choice, that uh, do we spend our um, our currency? Do we spend it on a Dunkley or a Hopper, or would or Horn Francis? What would you do if you had that choice?
0: I wouldn't spend it on Dunkley. I would be quite happy for Hopper to come to the club and a friend of the podcast has uh, mentioned uh, previously in private that uh, we'd write into him, uh, as I'm sure a few other clubs are as well. Uh, I think he fits our profile better. Um, But do you know what, Macca? I would... I would do whatever it took. If there was a chance to get Jason Horn and I've said this last year, and I've said this since I first brought Jason Horn Francis up as a 16-year-old on this podcast about three years ago, we need to get that kid playing for the Adelaide Football Club. We didn't do enough to get that kid playing for the Adelaide Football Club not last year, and I think we need to do whatever we can. We need to leave no stone unturned. We need to offer as much as we possibly can including players um, good players and picks to North Melbourne to get Jason Horn Francis across if we did if we don't succeed then at least we've done our best best uh, given it our best shot Um, we certainly gave it a good crack uh, reportedly last year with the offer that we put to North Melbourne for the first round uh, for the first draft pick Yep, I would be very, very disappointed if it came out that Adelaide uh, didn't make a huge play for Jason Horn Francis. Very disappointed. Well,
1: I, I, I think they will find um, that base, but they certainly won't publicise it like they did last year. They'll, they'll try and keep it as quiet, quiet as possible.
0: Mm. I guess the question is: Will North try to trade him this year, or will they try to? Um, convince him to sign on next year and keep him at the club next year uh, Horn Francis of course might ask for a trade but that doesn't mean that North have to oblige um, you know it says says that yes Jason Horn Francis has uh, Fabian as uh, export Fabian didn't leave Port Adelaide under great circumstances there's no great connection to Port Adelaide with Jason Horn Francis he's probably got a, 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 a more emotive link to Fremantle than uh, than Port Adelaide, truth be known. So uh, uh, I don't I don't think that connection is anything. That I think the the worry with Port is that they're probably going to lose a couple of um, players at the end of the season, which will free up some cap space. Uh, the issue for Port is will they have the, the draft capital um, to make a to make a play? I don't think they will um and they might also be interested in one of the tools that's uh going around at the moment uh they've also got a a player who's really starting to come on in rosie uh who's really come on since being shifted into the midfield he's starting to show what all the hype was about in my opinion yeah uh he's been a well, he's been a
1: big disappointment up forward but um is looking like the player that they draft that they thought they were drafting since they moved you into the midfield. Yeah, and that's their fault, not his, because uh, nobody makes great careers out of stuck being stuck in a forward pocket yeah. when you played half-back, midfield, etc. And then you well,
0: no, no, but to be fair, he did have a foot injury. Maca. yeah, he had plantar fasciitis, and that. You know you don't know i don't think he had the capacity to play midfield until the season Here's a question for you, Mac. Would you give up Rochelle for uh, Rochelle for jason horn Francis
1: mm. um on what I saw today you wouldn't uh but he's but I know he's about ten times better than that yeah i would
0: I would do it in a heart everyone on the chat saying no, I would do it in a heartbeat in a heartbeat. I would say, Josh, have a have a good career. I mean, in a if- trade situation, uh, he has to agree, and I don't know whether Rochelle would agree to go to North, but I would, in a heartbeat, and that's not underrating Rochelle one bit because I think he's going to be an excellent player for us, um, but if that's what it took, I'd do it. I, only as a straight swap, though, I think. No, no gold around it. Well, I think it's I no, I don't I don't think that works. Uh, we picked up Rochelle at pick four or whatever it was. Um Horn Francis pick one. Uh I'd be happy to chuck Rochelle in a and a third rounder or something like that to north for, for Horn Francis. I I can not, not a nothing like a first or a second. No, I don't know, no, not a first or a second, but I'd chuck something in there with it. I, um, I think yeah, Horn the, Francis um, is that good. There's not. I was thinking the other day about who who I wouldn't be prepared to put on the table for Horn Francis, and probably the only one that I wouldn't be prepared to put on the table for Horn Francis is Geordie Dawson. No, you wouldn't put him on there. No, he's the only one. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, well, look, all this uh, hypotheticals about um, Horn Francis, it would only be if he really wanted. To play for us, not just to get out of North Melbourne, I mean, if he wanted to play for us, because uh, if he only wanted to use as a stepping stone out of there, well then it would be silly to do that, because um, there are, there's definitely two Horn Francis, the one that's got his heart and soul in the game, and then the one that when he just runs around pissed off, and uh,
0: you know, I, you don't like to see that in a young player Everyone's kicking off at me about, about that call Mac, on chat Everyone's kicking off, but I tell you what—I've been watching Jason since he was sixteen years old, and I'm telling you right now, the kid's a freak, absolute freak. Yes, I'd chuck in Riley—I'd Th- swap Riley Philthorpe for Jason Horn Francis in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yes, I would, I would swap Philthorpe. Yep. Thank you, Maka. <laughs> There we go. A bit of controversy for the bye week.
1: Oh, <laughs> Well, yeah, but look, we're not here to be popular. We need to be to tell the truth as we that's see right. it. Now, that's not necessarily the truth. It's our but our, as they start uh, using in these bloody serials on uh, TV, our my truth, of our truth. Yeah, there, is, there really there is really always only one bloody truth, but it's our opinion, isn't it? It's not a truth. Um, and we could be right we could be wrong and the uh, patrons out there they could be ten times smart enough think, but that's just what we think
0: yeah Mick Mick is particularly aggrieved um about Michael but uh I just wonder how many games of football mix watched Jason play. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, we could go on forever. It's a matter of opinion, and uh, that's certainly mine. <laughs> uh, but long way to go. In, and look, to be perfectly frank, I don't think he comes to Adelaide. Um, uh, I think um, Adelaide won't pull the trigger on that sort of a deal. No, they won't. Um, it won't have. No, I don't think... Look, I'd love it to. I don't think it will. Um, I think we've got our eye on one of the tools, one of the South Australian tools uh, in this year's draft, which takes away a lot of currency. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, uh, of course, Melbourne and Collingwood play tomorrow. Uh, That should be an interesting game. Collingwood up and about lately. Melbourne just off the boil a bit with a few off-field issues. Uh, Let's quickly run through the... um, The Premiership ladder as it stands halfway through the bye so it's all over the shop but Melbourne, uh, Brisbane and Frio all on 40 points with Melbourne with a game in hand Uh, Carlton on 36 Geelong on 32 along with St Kilda and Sydney Uh, Richmond in the 8 on 28, Collingwood uh, out of the 8 also on 28. The Bulldogs uh, which we'll touch on in a minute 24 along with the Gold Coast Suns uh, Port on 20 points just about done their dash I reckon uh, GWS on 16 along with Hawthorne and us Essendon on 8 and North and West Coast on 4 apiece and it says a lot about West Coast ability to tank maker that they're below that rabble that we just finished talking about <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but as, as I mean, that's a many a West Coast professionals at tanking um, I don't know that's whether they've a had a lot of choices at this time because of COVID etc or of being in the wrong place at the wrong time and getting where, you know, what it is through the COVID processes where you've got to stand aside. But um, yeah, North Melbourne will have to be pretty good to beat West Coast for that bottom spot. I reckon they've got their eye on it.
0: Well, here's, here's my tip, Mackay. In two weeks' time, we've played North Melbourne in Tasmania. And I reckon we lose. Do you think we do that because North Melbourne play well, or we don't try? Oh, I think we don't play well in Tasmania, and uh, it's one of those games that we should win that we tend to cock up. Ah, oh, well, yes, so
1: our natural ability to lose our losable—that's um, exactly
0: yeah. right. Yeah, oh, that's,
1: a, that's an innate ability that we we have. Um, so that's always possible. I actually looked at that and I thought. Now, I saw we played North Melbourne, we'll get a win. And I saw us in straight away for, oh, 50
0: Yeah, 50. hang on a minute.
1: <laughs> anyway. Oh, I have a big interview in the week, no, mate. Uh, Bailey Smith and, uh, and May for uh, Melbourne. So we've got another couple of big topics there.
0: Well, let's look at the Melbourne situation first. There's a lot of scuttlebutt flying around about Melbourne and how that all went down and who was the cause and what was going on and all the rest of it. Um, for a Premiership. For the running Premiership Club, that's a fair amount of scuttlebutt going on, isn't it?
1: Well, I mean, what was very interesting is that the committee had to call the, call the coach in and tell him, to, uh, this was that last year, not this year, uh, and to, that uh, for him to stop fraternising with the players at the hotel and betting and drinking with them, um, mm. and he did cease that, and they ended up wetting the flag. Um, and of course, this is a this situation is slightly different. This is uh, the players this time. Uh, and May was on; uh, he was out through concussion and not allowed to drink during that period, which he uh, took no notice of whatsoever. Um, apparently, I mean, I say apparently uh, because I'm only reading what the papers report. He was sledging uh all his teammates and uh eventually uh one of them didn't like it anymore and it got to Fisty Cups and uh made got made beauty in the mouth of the bike that's punched him and ended up infecting it with an infected hand and it had two operations. So um it's not look it's a very bad look for the Melbourne Football Club and um you know, things obviously aren't running there as smooth, smoothly as they should. They've lost their last two games on top of that. Um, so I think it's the last thing that Goody needed at the moment for that to happen.
0: Well, um, they need to reset real quick um, because uh, that they're, they're looking at the moment like they might be one-hit wonders. They've got an extremely powerful team, but you and I both know that uh, as soon as players start bathing in their own glory and going off uh you know not adhering to team rules etc then things can get out of hand real quick and it only takes one or two percent off your best and you're back in the pack in the afl so uh they've got a bit of work to do they've got plenty of quality in that team uh so they'll obviously be around the mark um but i think um you know, it, it, the scuttlebutt around Goodwin worries me. Um, there's other stuff that's been said, and you you take most of it with a pinch of salt. Uh, various uh, versions of what went down in the pub, whether it was uh, whether May has actually took one, taken one for the team, or you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. We we don't know. But the simple fact is no, that Stephen Steve May yeah. shouldn't have been out drinking when he's on concussion protocol. I don't think May took one from the teamer.
1: I think May got one because he kept sledging the team.
0: Um, well, no, I, I heard, it, I heard it, there was one version where it was the other way around and May actually copped the suspension because of his injury anyway in order to protect one or two others. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. There's, As I said, there's a ton of different versions going around.
1: Well, that version you just said would be totally at odds with his previous uh, efforts up at
0: the very World true. So Very true, he, he very true. He's not a great bloke. He has
1: form, mate. No, he's got form, mate. He's got form.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, don't disagree. Um, so they got a bit of work to do. Um, what do you think of the uh, Bailey Smith situation at the Bulldogs? Apparently, um, according to his... Version of events. He went off the rails after they lost the GF and had a bit of a uh, bit of a loose off season, uh, which included um, taking some cocaine. Uh, which someone interestingly that now this is the second time someone has tried to undermine the Bulldogs this season. Macca, it's the second time. Um, there was something earlier on about beverage. Remember. Um, what so, was the beverage issue. Oh no, I forget what it was. was Been being
1: an asshole at times, you know. <laughs> there was something.
0: There was something going on uh, earlier at that club that was exposed, uh, and you wondered how how it got out. Um, you know, it makes you wonder who uh, who wanted to put that picture up six months later and, and get Bailey Smith in the, the shit. So, um, well, what do you I reckon he gets? Two of those photos he actually posted On Instagram didn't he I don't know whether it was him or Whether it was someone else I thought it was Somebody else
1: Well uh, no The the real damning Ones um, Have been by uh, supplied By someone else but there are two That, that apparently he put it to his Instagram Account which could have Been uh, assumed That he was a little bit high at the time mm-hmm. Um but look, you know, if we get to the guts of it, the guy admitted it. He, um, I don't think the story is quite as clear cut as he said. In the sense that you know, he said he became depressed after you know losing the grand final. I think he did what young lads often do; they they think they're uh, invincible, and he's gone out. and uh, I think we be, would be absolutely staggered if we knew the number of AFL players that. Uh, do take cocaine instead of beer, uh, nose beers as I call them, because you don't put on weight, whereas with beer you you do. And I would say that uh, in that off-season, Bailey Smith would have been one of many, many players who did very similar things, except in this case, not very smart, there's photos of it and films of it. So um, uh, I... I've got no sympathy for anybody who takes drugs. No, no sympathy. Well,
0: at all. All right. Well, okay. So, a couple of things. This is, and this is my opinion. Slightly different generation to you, Maka. Um, first of all, I have a real issue with players playing fast and loose with the term mental health issues, because there is feeling a bit down after losing a game and being in a dark place. And yeah, I agree. I'm starting to become really annoyed with mental health issues being trotted out every time someone needs to take a couple of weeks off. And let's not forget and I won't I won't go too deep into this, but let's not forget that the AFL has a three strikes policy and there's a lot of players that seem to take Time off, or yes. end their career, end their careers um, at surprising times. So, um, I so that's my first comment. I, I I think players have got to start getting real about what they're calling mental health issues. Um, and I don't care whether he was battling because there's battling, and then there's a dark there's real clinical depression Uh, i think every one of us has battled at times over our lives and there's a difference between that and being in a dark place so anyway that's that the second thing is that it's well known maca that cocaine is the drug of choice for not only footballers but professional sports people it doesn't stay in the system long so uh, uh, it's probably the best drug to take Um, in terms of trying to avoid uh, testing positive. Um, Personally, I can't see the difference between taking cocaine and getting tanked on beer. In fact, you're most likely to be more of a danger to yourself and others getting tanked on alcohol than snorting cocaine.
1: Well... I'm not in a position to be able to argue either for your comment or against your comment because, um, you know, in my days of um, over drinking they, they're well and truly gone in the sense that, uh, yeah, look, when I was young, there was no such, there was no such thing as cocaine, et cetera, and all that sort of stuff. So, oh well, yeah, I used to get pissed as a parrot, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but as I've you know, so as I've got old, I have a drink now and again, but. Um, I don't, never, I'm, and I, I have never taken drugs in my life. Seen, and I, I, I don't. I, I am not a person who tolerates drugs. Uh, and yeah, you know, is, you is that I'm because older I, I used to get, used to right? get pissed? Uh, but, uh Well, that's so a, drug. Alco- Alco- a, drink, a drug. Alcohol is a drug. But as alcohol's I've got older, drug. I just think it's uh, not a good thing. Why? you say why? Yeah. Oh uh, only because if you're talking about cocaine only, or drugs in general. It depends where well, you I, go to,
0: because. Um, I mean, once you talk- I'm talking about party drugs. I'm not talking about well, heroin or crack, cocaine or ice or anything meth, you know that sort of stuff. Okay. That uh, well, if you
1: if you only if you're capable of restricting it only to that cocaine, okay, maybe that's okay, but. Um, if it leads to you getting anywhere near crystal meth, then I just think that that's shocking because crystal meth to me is just well, uh, I mean, yeah, but thing So many people who are innocent people have been killed in car accidents or attacked or whatever by people under the influence of crystal meth and uh, yep. crystal meth. So
0: yeah,
1: um, I guess my my attitude. I can say I could I could tolerate um, what what you were what saying, but but I generally it's not. In the long run, it doesn't get restricted to that, just to that.
0: Well, it says who?
1: Well, I just said.
0: Yeah, well, how did, what are you basing that on?
1: Because I know people who've been on drugs, Fiend, and I've know people who've been on, I know how they started, it, and, and I'm talking about even family members, Um so I, or inwardly, well, you're, um, you're not Robinson and Caruso, started, and I know how they started. I know how they finished, and it's
0: not a good thing. Well, you're not Robinson Caruso there. I think every one of us knows someone who's had a drug problem. I know far more people that have had a, a, an alcohol problem than a drug problem, and um, you, you're absolutely right. Once you, once you start talking about um, you know heroin and crystal meth, etc. Yep, Um, and yes, there's the argument that any drugs are gateway to other drugs, but um, the statistics don't necessarily back that up. Um, I just feel... I feel like there's... I mean, we're getting into social, political issues here, so I don't want to go too deep. Yeah, Professor Fleet and Dr. Matthew, yeah,
1: okay. (laughs) Look... We've dropped that topic, but it's more about what Bailey Smith, isn't it? And, and the thing is, that he's been caught and he, he's admitted it and he'll probably
0: get two weeks fine. Oh, I think we get more than that. You reckon? I think he'll get six.
1: Six? Yeah, I think he'll get six. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm anti I'm, but I'm not going to... I wouldn't be giving him six, I think. Well, what like, do we I'm give? Sure. What, we, what, what we give do Brad,
0: what we give, though, Brad? What do we
1: give, Crouch?
0: Doing what do we give, Brad Crouch? Uh, was it four? Oh, no, two, two. We no, got two. it was more than two. I think. I think it was more than two. I can't remember now. If someone on the chat can remember, oh, there you go, Firewalker. Yeah, two. Yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right then. It might be too.
1: Yeah, and, he's, and he has cooperated all the way. Um, but um, they might they might want to try and make it... Uh, uh, Stengel did get four, um, but he was a third-timer or something like that, or well, second-timer, I think, at uh, that stage. But, um, look, it, it's a test of what the AFL is prepared to do, um, whether they're prepared to just hand out standard drug uh, fines, tests, uh, suspensions, um, or whether they're prepared to use him as an example. Um, the interesting thing is how much it might cost him. Uh, he's got three major sponsors out outside football, one who said they will continue to back him, and two are not sure yet whether they're going to or not.
0: I think the fact that he came clean and came forward and all the rest of it um, will probably work in his favour with regards to his sponsorships. Um, I don't think he'll suffer terribly there. Um, I uh, I think the AFL have got to make a choice here. They've they've. I don't think this, the three strikes um, policy is working. Um, I think. I'm not quite sure how they go about it, but I feel like if they if they want to be seen as a clean sport in terms of recreational drugs, then they need to basically get a waiver as part of the CBA that if anyone gets caught taking drugs, then they are uh, then the reason for their suspension is publicised and they only get one strike. Yeah,
1: well. Uh I think they should be uh tighter and more transparent than they are I know whether you agree with that or not
0: well you can only you can only test so much right you get like and as I mentioned before coke doesn't stay in the system all that long, so you know if you're only doing rent you can't There's 800-odd players in the system. You can't have 800 testers in in, testing people on a weekly basis. So you can't, like, you know, that's why players are prepared to take the risk. And with the current three-strike policy where they're they're not uh, obliged to own up to it, and Bailey Smith, it makes you wonder whether Bailey Smith has already had a strike whether the AFL already knew about this, and the only reason that we're now talking about it now is because someone posted a picture.
1: Very good um, point, Ben, and that actually ties in very neatly with the fact that when he when training resumed, um, remember he uh, had mental health issues and withdrew from uh, training for about two or
0: three weeks. That's what I was saying. The, the old chestnut: mental health issues. Um yep. and. I bet you're right. I bet you I bet
1: that would be one of those strikes you're talking about.
0: Yeah, J and M in the chat is asking, you know, how does Fiend know so much about drugs? Well, I read J and M because I have three children, and as a result, I like to educate myself on what they may or may not get involved in as they grow up. So rather than just toe the the social line that's been fed to me, I actually do my research. And I suggest people should do that. And if people did their research, they would know that heroin, ice and alcohol, uh, along with tobacco, um, are not, out of all the drugs in society, that they account for 90% of the cost to the health system. Those four drugs.
1: It's a massive, that's a massive cost, man. Yeah.
0: Whereas, you know, stuff like ecstasy and LSD and all the rest of it account for less than 2%. But, and that's what that's what I'm saying. You, like there, are, there's a di- look. There's a difference between having a glass of wine a night, Macca, and having a case of beer every night, right? And I think the same can be said in the drug situation. And and let me say this: I'm not a drug user. Right? I'm happily able to say I'm not a drug user. I have been a smoker, and I do like a a, a drink socially, but I'm not a drug user. But I'm not. By the same token, I'm not one of these people that would, that buys into the whole war on drugs thing. Um, so um, I like to do my own research, and I think there are degrees, and I think there are degrees of drug use as well. And there's always dangers of people going down the rabbit hole with drugs, and that's what we want to avoid. And we saw we've seen that with Ben Cousins, and we've seen that with one or two other AFL players in the past. We want to avoid that situation. Um, But the current generation, there's not a lot of difference between going out and getting hammered on the booze or going out and snorting a few lines or or dropping a a pill. And in terms of danger to society and to themselves, they're far more likely to hurt themselves or somebody else getting tanked on alcohol than they are taking uh, an ecstasy pill.
1: I reckon we should move on from the drug argument anyhow and concentrate on the footy aspect of it um, because, um, well, drugs are what they are and everybody's got an opinion on that too. And um, I, I just think that coming back to it, I do think, though, the problem is wider than we think, than, well, than the public
0: think it is anyhow. Oh, look, 100%. I I know of someone, and you know this because I published it in our little private chat last week, I know of someone um, whose career ended rather abruptly who was uh, purported to be on three strikes that no one knew about. Look, there's so much cocaine use in professional sport and particularly in in football and and NRL, etc. It's almost an open secret. Hmm.
1: Yeah, my opinion is that Dritter will probably get. He'll get two unless the AFL want to make an example of him, because two was was been what other people have got. But if it's his second strike and means there's been that secret one at the beginning of the season, it could be four then. I
0: mean. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I think he's not done himself any harm by. Her coming out and honestly addressing it etc um it's going to be very interesting to see i think there'll be a lot of pressure on the afl to do something about the three strikes system i don't think anyone's particularly satisfied with it but it's such a difficult issue um it, you know if you want to maintain people's privacies it becomes a very difficult issue um uh, to tolerate because the clubs often aren't aware either you know that it, it there's medical confidentiality between the doctors etc cetera, etc cetera. the doctors not obliged to inform the club if there's drug use or issues with drugs with a player um, so it becomes a, a very difficult thing for people to manage and for clubs to manage and for the AFL to manage so I don't necessarily know what the answer is but I think the AFL do have to make a decision about whether they want to genuinely try to have a recreational drug free competition or whether they're uh, going to continue to try and manage it in-house under the current regime—a uh, very difficult one. Yep. Yeah. Can I
1: introduce a new topic? A sure. Of umpires. Yep. Um, just, I watched six games of forty over the weekend, and there are certain aspects of the game now that are is, are really losing me. I've always loved watching football, and I, I can watch game after game. But watching these players, these umpires, poncing around and controlling everything now as if they're the lords of the oval, we're not there to see them. We're there to see the players play. And we've got these, with these rule changes, these little hitlers run around and there's so many things that are just so wrong in our game. And so many, for example, that, a player will be a a millimetre too close in the the five-metre zone, and it's a 15-metre, which is just... And they go from being a half-back to having a shot for goal. I mean, just the turnaround in the game. Um, And, you know, and some of it's very marginal uh, when they're calling it. Um, You've got the situation where a player, where you have to stand there like a statue when the bloke's kicking the ball, and he feigns a handball, a new move. Well, I reckon the minute that he feigns a handball, it should be play on even if the umpire hasn't called it because he's made a play on movement. And whereas if the player actually moves and reacts like he should because he's a footballer and that's what he's been taught all all the time, and then there's a 50 metres for that. And I watched, within five minutes in one game, I watched both those decisions uh, ruining the game. And I was so, so angry just watching it. And just thinking, this is not football, this is just how many frees the umpire can come up with. And uh, the, the 50 metres, I can't remember which game it was, there were just heaps of them. And uh, just destroying them and the whole image of football in my mind. You know, it's, it's a contest between players. It's not about these guys uh, prompting around and saying, uh, stand, and then... Put your hands up and tell us who's going to be the Ruckman and warning the six-on-six. Six. There should be no warning on six-on-six. It just should be an automatic free kick. And I just think that the AFL, they're complaining about people, uh, attendance at football, et cetera, and to me, they're making what is the greatest game in the world that you'd think they're trying to make every effort to make it unwatchable.
0: Well, they've succeeded, in my opinion, Maka. Um, I 100% agree with you. Um, back in the day, the best umpired games was the ones where you didn't notice the umpire. Uh, and now you can't help but notice the umpire. And I don't know how those umpires don't come off horse every week because they've got to yell so much um, to tell players to stand on the mark and all the re- and nominate for rucks and you know all the rest of the palaver. And some of it, I think, is brought about by themselves, but I think a lot of it is brought about by these stupid rules. I was having a conversation with um, with my mate uh, just the other day, and um, I'll be perfectly honest with, uh, with you and the people that are listening and, and watching on YouTube, it's becoming very, very difficult for me to do this podcast because my interest in AFL football has slowly um, contracted to uh, just the Adelaide Crows. I'm not anywhere near as engaged in the broader sport of AFL football that I was even five years ago when we started, or seven years ago when we started this podcast. Certainly not as engaged in football as I was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, And if I didn't have a passion for the Crows and if I didn't want to watch their progress and comment on their progress... I probably wouldn't watch much AFL football at all. Now, for someone who's grown up their whole life, played over 300 games of footy in Amateur League, coached juniors for 10 to 15 years, you know, being completely involved in, in footy my whole life, that makes me very sad. Makes me very sad because like, I will turn on like the game today between North Melbourne and the Giants. I couldn't stand watching it. You know, I will not watch the the Melbourne and Collingwood game tomorrow because I've got better things to do. You know, I will only watch football if it's a non-Crows game now, if there's nothing else on the TV or if I've got nothing else to do. And whereas before I would um, not go to social engagements if there was a Crows game on, now I'll quite happily go and, uh, you know, watch a Crows game on replay No, I don't have the same passion, and I think the reason for that, Macker, is what the Australian Football League Commission and, let's face it, the Victorian Football Administration and journalists have done to this game. If you have a look at what they call journalism in Victoria, they're all opinion writers, they're not journalists. I, I, want, I want someone with half a brain, like, like Matthew Lloyd or, or one of these ex-footballers that's now commentating, I want them to sit down with Caroline Wilson and I want them to ask her game uh, questions about the game of football that's in front of her and see if she actually understands it because I'm sure she wouldn't because that's not her go. She's not a well, fucking football commentator. She doesn't know anything about the game. She doesn't give a shit about anything about the game. She only gives a shit about politics. So the Victorian journalists have killed the game. The Victorian uh, Football Commission have killed the game ever since they brought the AFL into the equation. They killed the game in two other states, South Australia and Western Australia, and now they're killing the game on a national level. And it really fucking shits me because this is a game that I've been passionate about my entire life and I've never been less engaged with it than I am right now
1: well I totally understand where you're coming from um, as I said I, I'm I'm a junkie a football junkie and I love watching footy and I used to always get enjoyment out of watching any game no matter who played obviously more passionate about uh, the result when it was a Crows game but t- I'm I I'm watching that there on TV. I'm watching. I want to see footballers. I want to see them do their thing. I don't want to hear this ponter just screaming out stage and or and all of a sudden fifty meters abuse or fifty meters sorry uh, descent. Um there was a fifty meter descent play uh in one of the games that I watched on the weekend. The ball is at about centre in of there end of the ground with a controlling umpire an umpire in the back half screams out to Samit so not even in the play not even in the play and so there's they stop the whistle and they advance the player 50 meters. and he kicks a goal and because somebody in the back lines said something that they they didn't like not involved in the play and I'm thinking to myself this is just ratchet it's ratchet it's only way you can describe it
0: it's 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 unwatchable it is petty it is pedantic it is manufactured that petty it's a good word you know we're we're talking about a, a sport of grown adults whether it be afl or aflw we're talking about a sport with grown adults that are highly conditioned playing a contact sport okay and we've got rules that force them to play statue on the mark that uh, they can't express it. And I don't want any player to start bloody having a crack at the umpires, but a player should be able to show frustration because the AFL doesn't know whether the, the, the frustration is with the decision or whether a uh, mistake or anything like that. Or with themselves. Or with themselves. Yeah, that's you that's what I mean. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I, if I ever go a free, I, I, I used to swear like hell, and I, I, I wasn't necessarily swearing at the umpire. Um, I might have been, but uh, but,
0: but you're you know, you're allowed to be annoyed that you gave pressure. away a free. You're allowed to be annoyed that you gave away a free. Oh, you no, know, the, frustrated. we we're, we're talking about highly conditioned players playing a contact sport that is intense, that is 360 degrees for 120 minutes, uh, and they put their bodies on the line. And yes, they're paid well, but they risk permanent injury. Um, and they're not allowed. To ex- they're not allowed to express any emotion whatsoever. Um, you know, they're not allowed to uh, creep one inch offline. You know, it's just it must be incredibly difficult to umpire a game of AFL football at the moment. Incredibly difficult. You know, and I don't have a lot of time for some of these umpires. I think some of them. Um, don't do themselves any favours. But by the same token, I would hate to be an umpire under the current set of rules that we have for AFL football. But I think what's happening is we're seeing across the board, crowds are down, Macca. You know, crowds are down across the board. We're not getting... You know, we had 22,000 to a West Coast game at Adelaide Oval the other day. Now, I know it was West Coast and their crap and all the rest of it. But that's, I think from memory that's the lowest crowd that the crows have ever had and no one's talking no one's talking about it yes it was cold yes it was wet yes west coast is shit but it's still the lowest crowd we've ever had in in the in the afl competition and we're not we're not alone You know, there was a game. What was the game the other day that they were expecting about seventy or eighty, and they got about forty or fifty or whatever. This is constant. You know, they're playing games in Queensland that they're playing to you know ten thousand people maximum in in Gold Coast. That it's just it's it's not sustainable. What the AFL are doing is not sustainable for the sport because people are deciding not to go. They're deciding to to spend their money elsewhere. There's a credit squeeze on people's cost of living, um, you know, ability to, 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 you know, sustain themselves financially at the moment is under great pressure. And the AFL think that they're putting on a bloody uh, a piece of entertainment. They've got bloody rocks in their head. People will stay well, home no. and watch it. And if it's shit, they'll go and do something else.
1: Well, if you say you're a family of four and you want to go to the football, you just about have to take a mortgage to pay for the tickets and the food. Yep, uh, that's
0: you know, right. It, it's,
1: it's ridiculous. I um, you know, put somebody put up there seventeen dollars for a Super Well, that that might be, well be the case. Everything is probably two to three times what it should, really should be in terms of its value, and then uh, the you know and the cost of the actual seats uh, have just gone skyrocketing, and um. If they don't do something positive about the game in terms of making it more attractive and also do making something a little bit more affordable, I just think it'll almost end, it never will in Victoria. But outside of Victoria, uh, I can see a situation where it'll just get uh, more and more a TV game and less and less
0: a go-to game. Well, Scoop put up a good comment just then in the chat. Certain Glennell um playing tomorrow. It will be a cracking game, Scoop. And I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to become more interested in watching SANFL because it's, it's closer to the sport that I grew up with um, than watching this manufactured garbage um, that uh, I'm becoming less and less um, connected with. I'm not connected with it. So they're going to have to do something about it and they're going to have to do something about it soon and whoever takes over from Gil McLaughlin I think has got a big job on their hands. Big job on their hands because um, that they are, they are not governing a, a sport at the moment that I would call entertaining. There might be one or maybe two entertaining games of football around and if you're, if they're not involving teams that, see the other thing, the other thing um, Macca, that I find, and we had this conversation briefly about, you know, whether with the draft and salary cap and all the rest of it, it's now got to a situation where everything is cyclical, or cyclical, and you know that if your team is down the bottom like we are at the moment, that it's going to take a few years to get back up into, you know, quote-unquote premiership window. Yeah. So why wouldn't I go away and do something else for a few years and come back when the Crows are good? Why am I going to spend my hard-earned? Because I don't have the same emotional connection to the Crows as I did when I was a young lad uh, barracking for certain in the SANFL. Because they've, well, they've done away with all true. that. They've corporatised all that. Well, there is, you know,
1: if you, yeah, people of our generation, uh, an older generation, definitely would be in that situation. Uh, the, the ones that are teenagers of today, um, they or we not have to be teenagers, perhaps 30-year-olds, they, they only know really the AFL, so that doesn't really apply to them, Pete. But um, older generations who... Uh, Been fanatical on their SANFL team team, um, yeah, where your loyalty was so great, uh, would have less loyalty to the Crows than they would have to that particular
0: team. And I think sometimes the Victorian people don't understand what we say when we talk about this because they, to, to a large degree, they haven't lost their, the tribal nature of their sport. You know, it's still the suburban teams that they've always had it's the suburban yep. teams that they grew up with. What they don't understand is that, and what I think a lot of the younger generation probably don't recognise and therefore they don't really know why they're not as engaged, they just aren't, is that that whole tribal aspect to our to our sport was ripped apart the moment that the AFL came into existence or the, the, the moment really that um, West Coast decided to join... Um, the AFL at the expense of their state competition. You know, we we don't have that tribal thing. And yes, we've been able to manufacture a Crows v Port rivalry, but if you want to talk about a Port rivalry, talk about a Nord v Port rivalry or a Glenelg or a Sturt v Port rivalry. That's a true rivalry. The only reason why there's now a Crows v Port rivalry is because you're either with Port or you're against them. But even so... I would suggest that the the um the passion around the showdowns is probably about fifty percent what it was when port first came into the competition oh it was
1: vicious, wasn't it really vicious uh, loved it actually um, but uh, talking about Port Adelaide um just changing slightly the topic um, I can't believe it but uh, Kenny. Has been guaranteed that he will serve his last year of his contract next
0: year. And good on him, too. Well, and I hope he gets an extension.
1: Well, <laughs> I hope he gets a 10 year extension. They will never win a flag while Kenny is their coach. He has relied very heavily on having these star uh, assistant coaches, bossy, et cetera. And if you go back through the history, though, he has had outstanding assistant coaches. Oh, absolutely. And- this, this year he hasn't And it's all falling in a heap for him And uh, But still um, As a 17 football teams so, Can we trust?
0: Well To me it says that he either knocked back Or got knocked back for the GWS job Which points me In the direction of Jimmy Hurd As the next coach of uh, GWS um, And Port Adelaide can't afford to pay him out So they'll just stick with him The only way they were going to get rid of him was if he took took the Giants deal and the AFL, you know, feathered their nest uh, for the last year, paid him out of his last year of his contract. But they won't do it if Kent's not got anywhere to go. Um, so they'll just stick with him.
1: Well, yeah, it looks like they've made that decision, and uh, I think that would just guarantee that Port will never win a flag. Um, that's my opinion. Um. Steve Barley Magic's asking uh, who won't make it in 2023 from the coaching fraternity, uh, Rutton and uh, Noble, and I think he'd be right on both those two names. I'd be greatly surprised if they, no, Noble yeah, they right. survive. Noble can't survive. No, I don't Rutten think David made, can. Very uh, good. Rutton could only supply, survive if, uh,
0: well, I don't think he can survive. No, I don't think so either, Mac. Um, I Here's a dark horse for you. I think if Melbourne don't make a grand final this year, I reckon they might move on Goodwin. Um, on a character, on on char- char- character base? Yes. Or, you know, just the whole shit that's going around. Yeah. Um, there at the moment. I think Stuart Jew's probably done himself no harm. Gold Coast seemed to be uh, going okay, so I think he's uh, he's okay. Chris Scott is there until Geelong freezes over. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, um, Simpson's the one from West Coast. I think if Noble goes I think Simpson will go back to North. Um, so West Coast might be looking for somebody. Um, and you've got to ask yourself about Matthew Nix.
1: Yeah, I'd say um, Nix, he's got two more years. They gave him a two-year extension at the beginning.
0: This, this year and next year, I think.
1: No, this 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 year they gave him a two-year extension. I thought it was so last year actually, they gave him a two-year so As far as I'm concerned, he's signed up until 2020
0: and including 2024. Okay, I thought it was 23. Anyway, um, it's probably a good segue into the last little bit of our uh, podcast tonight, Mac. We'll probably give this a few minutes and then uh, that'll do us. Um, We're halfway through uh, the season this year. Um, Our first season of non-COVID restrictions uh, under Matthew Nix. Uh, you know, various commentators have come out at various times. That Malcolm Block comes to mind saying that he can't see a lot of improvement, although they tend they happen to uh, change his mind apparently once he visited the club. Um, personally, I feel like our if so, if we look at, I, I think we've got some problems in list management. I think our drafting seems to have straightened itself out over the last couple of drafts. Um, always easy when you got better picks. Our selection is very strange at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, selection slash player development is very strange. Our... Um, Game plan is very simplistic. It's all about see ball, get ball. There's not a hell of a lot of system at the moment. After a promising start to the year where we were scoring quite well, our, our scoring has dried up. Um, if you have a look at, um, let me just, I was looking at this earlier. Uh, if you have a look, we're ranked third in tackles, fourth in clearance, fourth in rebound 50s, fifth in least opponent kicks per game fifth in least opponent rebound 50s per game. But in in terms of the differentials, in terms of uh, being able to hold another team, we're not doing so well. Uh, teams are able to, to get the ball easily from us and they're able to use the ball, they're able to get the ball on the outside quite easily and they're able to score on us. So we don't seem to be able to put enough... Uh, scoreboard pressure on the opposition and we're allowing the opposition to get too much free ball on the outside and get too many 450 entries and which is translating into into goals so has there been development? I don't know whether there has been I don't, there's not, there's certainly not been any evolution of the game plan as far as I can see Mac
1: Well interesting you raise this because I, I went through our players to uh this afternoon, just looking at them and seeing what do we have that isn't playing regularly. Um, for example, uh, we've got Wall who's contracted till 2023, and we've mm. got uh, McAsee 2023, mm. um, and as is Murphy and as, as is Peddler. Um, Wall and McAsee, well, they haven't played a game and um. I don't think you could bring Mackesy in with any confidence um, and Worrell had one game which was a disaster but what, how he'd go now, not so sure um, Murphy's average and Pedler hasn't done what we thought he might have done um, so then you look at the other players that, uh, and these are the unsigned Crows you've got Davis who's been here for six years for God's sake, six bloody years um, you've got Frampton um. And, and, these, and actually These are the unsigned people You've got Turner mm. Who who they'll use sometime during the, the year You've got Himmelberg He's been here six years too Yes uh, You've got uh, Borlase He's been here too um, You've got Gallant Three uh, He's been here three years Now Kerr was only one You've got Hinge And he's uncontracted at the stage so Surely they've got to contract him You've got um, Parnell who just had, did get a game you've got New Church had not played a game yet and uh, Walker of course is unsigned as well so we've got not much in the, in there that is going to be able to come into the side and go bang and lift the side and yet we're going to have to knock, knock out out of that list about half a dozen players as well at the end of the year um, but, you know, if you want to have say five picks in the draft or if you or trading players or etc or whatever, so I, I just think our list management is a bit of a mess, mate. When I was looking at a, an analyzer, I thought myself, Have you ever done this? List management has done a pretty poor job, in my opinion.
0: Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, you would think that Mitch Hiddin should get re-signed. You'd think Paddy Parnell uh, showed enough in his debut that he might have a future with us. Um, Lockie Glant, I think has shown enough that he's got an AFL career whether that's with us or not who knows hasn't re-signed yet no whispers about it are all over the break you'd have to think that that's a problem um, which is a real shame because I like Lockie Glant. I think he's going to be a good player Um, you know we continually play James Rowe and yet he's still unsigned Um, you you know Tariq has been on the list a couple of years and um, you could argue maybe should have had a run by now. Uh, Luke Nankervis, only one year. I would be surprised if they don't extend him for another year. I think they see a bit of X factor in him. Uh, yep. Jimmy Borlace I think, is probably not going to make it. A bit of a tweener no, and a let's... little bit slow. Uh, uh, Elliot, be... sorry, sorry
1: I, I think he'll be out, and I think Davis will be out. They, I think those two,
0: guaranteed, will be gone. Agreed. I think they'll only keep one of Billy and Elliot and I think yep. probably it'll be Billy because we need cover down back. Um, yep. Brett, Turner, Brett Turner was a very strange mid-season draft signing for mine. I don't understand the thinking there at all, Mac. Angry about that. Angry about um, Yeah, Pete and I talked probably, about it last probably, week. Probably we've got the guy we should have taken. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and we could have had both. Anyway. So you know, and then there's the question about Tex. Um, you know, unrestricted free agent. Obviously, um, looks to have at least a season or two left in him. I tell you what, um, Macar. If I was a, if I was a team like Brisbane, I would have Tex Walker in my team in a heartbeat. If I was a team oh, like yeah. Fremantle, I would have Tex Walker in my team in a heartbeat. Yep. If I was a contending team and I just needed a point of difference up forward, some strength and experience up forward, and a bloke that still was hungry to play, and I'm in premiership contention, e- even St Kilda. Well, I'll tell you another one. Western Bulldogs could do very well with Taylor Walker in their team. Yep. They need someone else to um, take the heat off Norton a bit. Um so there's some teams there that I think would throw Tex a 1 plus 1 contract um if they thought that they were in the window and, and good money for them. and good money yep uh, the question is is he more valuable to us gone or is he more valuable to us still on the park
1: interesting point um Hawthorne uh did the uh got okay, what well, how would you say they got all their uh senior players and they they discarded them. Yep. I think it was three or four three or four of them. oh well, Lewis and Mitchell that,
0: were the two big ones.
1: But I don't think they won another premiership after doing that. Uh, so I don't think it worked for them.
0: Well, I don't um, think they were trying to get another premiership though, Macker. I think that they were trying to turn their list over.
1: They were trying to, but what I'm saying is that They did get rid of, uh, if you like, club, uh, uh, what do we call them, uh, stewards of the club, uh, heroes of the club, and they've actually discarded them and they didn't get, uh, and it didn't do them any good in the long run. That's what I'm getting at. Um,
0: Well, I mean, is it too early to judge? I mean, that was, what, four, five years ago? They got rid of Geordie and Sam Mitchell? Didn't, didn't they yeah, get warpole out of that? I thought oh, one of the picks got, they, got them Warple.
1: Anyway. I might matter. be wrong but, I don't think they got a flag out of it,
0: anyhow. Um, and people in the chat look, asking if there's a Discord issue, Macca? I don't think so. Um, if there is, I can't do anything about it, uh, unfortunately. Um, there, there are, are people chatting... No, this is in terms of the chat. It does not seem to be feeding through. It might have been disconnected, but unfortunately, that's not something I can fix. So um, we'll just have uh, we'll just have the YouTubers on here, and I'll uh, I'll put the uh, the Discord chat on, chat on the other way. Um, Mac, yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's the bottom line? Uh, would you keep text, or would you say um, thanks for your service? Go and try and win a flag.
1: There's two answers. The ruthless answer would be common sense. It would be you'd move him on. Um, but uh, if you're talking about people getting to love their football club and, and all the rest of it, you'd keep him on because he is seen by the players as their spiritual leader. Plenty might be oh, the coach, but there's no know doubt he's a spiritual leader. So from my point of that. view, no, I wouldn't move him on.
0: I don't know, mate. I don't know. On the one hand, I'm very dirty about how some players have been handled by the club in the twilights of their career. Eddie Betts uh, is one. Um, You know, back in the day, Tony Modra is another. There's a few others. But by the same token, this is a professional competition and our list is in such a state that we need to do something. Um... You know, the one that I'd be happy at moving on is Rory Sloan, to be perfectly honest with you, and he's captain of the club. Uh, yeah, well, I'd, I'll be happy to trade Rory. I'd definitely be happy to trade Rory. So I'd probably land on, if Tex wants to be a one color player and play out his career at Adelaide, I'd probably say, okay. That's yeah. probably where yeah. I land on it but I wouldn't regret made it going... He's
1: made yeah. it clear he wants to be a one-team one, one team player. He's made that yeah. clear. And yeah. he said, do I want to stay at Adelaide? Yes, I do. Have I been offered a contract yet? No, I haven't. And yeah. the minute that, that came out, uh, they had a meeting within a day or two. And uh, obviously they got wind that perhaps other people were trying to get hold of him, Fiend, along the lines that you were talking about. Um, and I, I think they will knock out a contract or... Uh, Walker, I reckon, within two or three weeks. I reckon within I think within prob- night there'd probably be an announcement for Walker. I, yeah. But I would I would be prepared to trade Rory Sloan. He doesn't add value anymore. In fact, I, I think he's a negative out on the field.
0: Yeah. Um, looking at the players out of contract next season, Mackey, you've got Andy McPherson, who seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. you got Chase, you got Darcy, you got Fisher-Mac, you got Harry Schoenberg you got Jackson Hately, Geordie Butts, Josh Worrell, Kieran Strawn, Lockie Murphy, Luke Brown is an interesting one, uh, unrestricted free agent next season, Matt Crouch, uh, Nick Murray, Paul Seedsman, unfortunately, may that may be a decision taken out of our hands, Sloan, yeah. McAdam, Duday, and Zach Taylor. Um, there's a lot of deadwood in there, isn't there? McPherson, uh, Mackersy... No, really. Uh, That's what I was
1: appalled at when I looked through the list. I was appalled. I went
0: through the one by one. I thought, "Geez, we've got a shit list." Well, we do. We do. It's completely it's completely upside down. Unfortunately, our list. Um, And I don't think you know. I was quite bullish at the beginning of the season, Uh, but the thing that has probably tempered that for me is the way in which some of these. Lads haven't kicked on. We haven't seen Luke Pedler uh, come anywhere near to where he needs to be as an AFL footballer. And you have to ask the question, Macca: if you knew the kid was underdone physically, given that there was a whole bunch of other good midfielders around at that pick, why do you take Luke Pedler? Exactly. I mean, I like exactly. Luke Pedler. I think he's got. I think he's got good uh, skills. He's able to get separation and break free from cont- contests. I think he's a very good midfielder. But he's just not fit enough. So he's been on our list, like, we're coming on three years now. And uh, we've got nothing. That's the sort of stuff you should be able to pick up at a combine or something like that pre-season. Have a look at his his history. Um, you know, have a look at his stats. He's just, you know, you go and watch him. the eye test will tell you that he's, that he's not a, a fit player. So why do we pick him up with such a high pick? He was like pick nine or something, wasn't he? Eight. Hey. Yep. So, I mean, you know, that's another one that's on the nose. You've got to worry about what's happening with Harry Schoenberg. Hopefully he can get back on track. Um, you're probably happy with what's happening with Jack Hightley, Uh Not done himself any harm. Andy McPherson, as I said, seems to have disappeared. Fisher Mccasey well, there, I just don't see a future at the club for Fisher. Uh, it's too late for him. Geordie uh, Butts will be a 200-game player, which is great. Josh Worrell, who knows? Um, should have probably had another run this season but hasn't. Kieran Strawn, who knows? Um, probably didn't deserve to be dropped. Uh, Lucky Murphy just keeps getting picked even though he's you know, just not quite the player that we need. Luke Brown hasn't been good for two years. Matt Crouch hasn't been good for five years. Uh, Nick Murray is just a good, robust country player that is probably lucky to be on an AFL list. Um, you know, Seed, we've already talked about. Sloney hasn't had a good season since Dangerfield left. Shane McAdams, probably, as Blighty said, probably the only one that's really shown a distinct improvement this year, particularly defensively. Uh, Tom Duday seems to be struggling, although he's got that hand injury that's a bit of a mystery. And Zach Taylor's an unknown, doing all right in the two. So... There's a lot of players to come off the list in the next couple of years, mate. Well,
1: you you just re-rated it from a shit from a shit list to a very shit list, mate. Yeah. I mean, seriously, um, there was no joy in what you were just saying then.
0: Well, and unfortunately, there's not. And for some of these players, I mean, Chase Jones is doing the the best he can, I guess. But we we. Draft him as a midfielder. He's not a midfielder, and Paddy Parnell seems to be as quick, as tough, with better disposal. So, you know, Parnell could take that small defender role fairly quickly. Um, he'd probably be, Chase would be a trade, I reckon. I reckon, I, trying to, I wouldn't Ooh. mind betting we actually put Chase on the trade table at the end of this season.
1: I know, I'd keep him. I, I think we're so bad poorly off. I think we have to keep him. Uh,
0: he can yeah, at least he can at least
1: play at AFL level.
0: Yeah, I don't know what. And then we've got the old thing with Fogarty.
1: I I'm was very impressed with Fogg's last game, actually, and I just wish that that's how he's going to play every week. If he plays like that every week, again, when, there was no Tex Walker, so uh, unfortunately, they never seem to fire. Well. Well, it was, oh, yeah, West 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 it was also against West
0: Coast. It was also against West Coast that apparently he's got some love affair with. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, let, let's let's try to be positive if we go through the list. Sam Berry, I think, has been a positive. Uh, Geordie Eight. Butts we've talked about. Braden Cook could be anything. Um, he
1: yeah. um, should be playing every week,
0: right? Yep. Geordie Dawson, probably the best recruit we've had for a long time. Tom Dede yep. seems to have plateaued, uh, but still a good player. Fogarty, I yep. oh, just don't know. Billy Frampton, no. Lucky Glant, looking like he probably won't be with us. Uh, I wish he would be, though. Will Hamill um, has been playing okay the last couple of weeks, but he's one head knock away from trouble, in my opinion. Jack Hately yep. is putting his best foot forward. Him will be.
1: Yeah, just on very very angry. One center bounce attendance last week when he
0: oh, dominated mate. the week before. And this is what I'm we'll getting go. to with regards to development, mate. Uh, to accommodate Matt Crouch coming back into the team, we broke up the hateley Berry partnership and Pete Pete and I talked about this last week. You know, we broke up the hateley Berry partnership which had just been starting to gel a little bit. And Berry had I think I don't know, eight CBAs and Hately had one or two. Barry sucking a one. full pocket again. You know, Hately out on a wing or in tagging someone. It's just ridiculous. Um, Himmelberg, I think, will be gone. Uh, Mitch Hinge hangs around. Chase Jones hangs around. Or Ben Keys. See now, you know, Benny Keys. We love Benny Keys on the podcast because of his effort and all the rest of it. But by God, you'd wish he you could kick, wouldn't you? Yeah, he, he could be anything
1: if he could kick because nobody works hard and nobody runs faster or harder and keeps going and then then he does. Uh but geez, yeah, kicking is abysmal.
0: Yeah, um, Led uh, uh, like definitely our number one midfielder at the moment. Shane McAdam, yeah. we've talked about Fisher McCasey, we've talked about Ned McHenry. I just again an honest tryer, just not the player we need. Andrew McPherson, I think is out. Wayne Miller here's another one where you know where does he fit Mac I don't think he'll yeah. ever be an outside mid his best football was off half back
1: I'm going to say he's a half, half back or nothing in my opinion
0: because but he hasn't got um, a defensive bone in his body so he, he leaves you vulnerable
1: he look he's not a hard player he's not a hard player and he's a brilliant player at his best very skillful. but he will certainly won't
0: earn hard balls. No, so does, do you play him on the wing? Maybe? I don't know. Um, well, but Drew is out on middle. No, 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 I
1: don't. I play Cook on the wing, and I play him at half-back.
0: Mm. I don't like him on half-back. I, I like his run off half-back, but I I, I, I just feel like you, you play him on a high half forward who can score and get the ball and I think he he's going to be a liability. Uh, Lockie Murphy, we've talked about. Nick Murray, so uh, blah, blah, blah. Raleigh O'Brien is never going to be more than what he is now. Um, Joshua Shelley is going to be a champ somewhere, whether it's with us or somewhere else, I'm not sure. Uh, James Rowe, D-List. Harry Schoenberg needs to get his skates on. Uh, Lockie Scholl. I'd be putting him on the trade table. Uh, Brody Smith. Now, yeah. All right, Definitely. go back to the Shaw.
1: There's a player I reckon we can get something for in Lockie
0: Shoal. Well, we got we we got, we got something for Rory Atkins, so why not Lockie Shoal? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same same player. Uh, Brody Smith uh, been a good servant, but is kicking shits me to tears. Jake Saligo, I think, is probably our so far our best draftee of the last um, three years. Um, Zach Taylor Riley Thilthorpe a lot of development left in that lad Uh, Brett Turner who the hell knows Tex and Josh Worrell it's you know I probably probably read out five names there that you think god that's they're going to be part of our next Premiership team probably about five maybe six names
1: yeah, our, our management team having got us into this situation, they've got a fair bit of work to get us out of this situation. And because, um, as I said, I I just did it for curiosity this afternoon and to see who was unsigned and uh, and also who was signed but not playing well or not playing at all. And when I looked at it, I felt quite ill at the end. I obviously thought we hadn't, hadn't done this exercise. Um, <laughs> because it just shows to show we've got a. Oh, it's
0: a shit list. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Um, you know, uh, we're we're the victims of a couple of really bad draft years, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and yeah. some bad you draft years... Three, three bad ones in a row. Yeah. Um, some bad draft years, uh, some players not coming on, uh, basically getting, uh, apart from Geordie Butts, not getting a lot out of our tool stock. You know, we've put a lot of faith in Himmelberg... Uh, Frampton, Macassi, uh these lads, they're just not coming on. Uh, and I know they'll take a while, but Berg's been in the system for six years now. Um, Billy, similarly, we've, I think we've seen their ceiling, if you know what I mean. Um, I think it's time to move on from those. Um, and yeah,
1: through the lose-age players and the weaknesses of, that the players have and... How many of them aren't going to make it, make it or who have made it and only just only just firing on one cylinder. It really is a bit of a credit to Nick that he's actually got them so they can at times be competitive for quite long periods of time. Because well, in terms of a, a natural ability, it's not the greatest list.
0: No, but we have got a team. The one thing that that I enjoy watching about Adelaide is we've got a team of triers. There hasn't been too many games or too many periods within games where you've felt like the effort has dropped. Um, you know, we've got some barometers in our team, McHenry and Murphy, etc., who will always have a crack, and our our contested uh, uh, stats are good. Um, so we're always in and around the contest. The trouble is, Macca, we've got no polish. We've got no speed on the outside of the contest, and we've got no polish with ball going into 50 so you and this describe, is exactly right. And this is this is what's killed us. If you have a look at our rankings at the moment, it's our inability to stop other teams once they get on a run because we we don't have a lot of two-way runners in our midfield, and it's our inability to make the most of our possession on transition. We turn over too much. Our full fifty entries are shallow. Um, we don't really have a contested marking beast, and so we don't get a lot of value so scoring is hard work and then you add in over the last month or so we've had the yips so we've been missing a lot of shots on goal we shouldn't have been and all of a sudden it becomes very difficult to put a competitive score on the board you know yeah so, I,
1: I can only think in one game where i think it was in one game in the third quarter where we actually folded and didn't really con, uh, contest where the opposition got about seven or eight goals to nothing in that quarter against us. I can't remember which match that was, but generally, uh, even when we've gone down, we've we've been in the game for for a fair bit of it, and gradually, if when we lo- when we do uh, lose, uh, it's not without you can't you can't say the players haven't given their best. It's just that their best generally isn't good enough to beat the good teams. And uh, but having said that, they have knocked off a couple of good teams. But well, uh, look, and that's through sheer effort. So I, I will give nick a big, big tip. He's got the players buying into his game plan, and his game plan basically is just scratch and claw and get the ball and then move it quickly as fast as you yeah. can down the down the ground. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, there's no refinements to it at all. Um, so I, I think if Nick Nixon had, had a decent list at his disposal, he, he he would have done very well.
0: I think you're right. Um... Well, I, uh, I think he's been very good in bringing the team back together. We were obviously fractured um, back after the disaster in two seventeen and beyond, um, you know, and all that two years of disaster after that. I think Nix has done very well in bringing the group together and getting them all back on the same page. Uh, they're definitely engaged, most of them, um, and you're right, Maka, they, they give an effort. Um, whether Nick's is hamstrung in game plan because of what he's got at his disposal and whether if he gets a lot of polish, uh, more polish in, in on the list, that he can expand on that. But I look at things like the way he uses Jordan Dawson and the way he's brought Matt Crouch back into the team, and I worry Maka because there's not a lot of trust from the coach, in my opinion. There's not enough trust being shown by the coach in certain players, and to my way of thinking, you, you, he should be playing Jordan Dawson where he wants Jordan Dawson to play, not where he needs Jordan Dawson to play. And he should throw his trust in other people to uh, to fill the roles that he's currently using Geordie to to plug gaps. You know, he should he should have trusted Sam Berry and Jack Hately in the midfield instead of bringing Matt Crouch back in that there are these things going on in selection that make me feel like he's not entirely trusting the group. And eventually the group will cotton on to that. And when the, when uh, players yeah. when players cotton on to that, that's when he's going to start losing them.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one big criticism I would have on. Uh, as I said, I think he's done a good job getting the team to be as competitive as as it is, given the fact that there's not a lot of class there but uh, the weaknesses in my opinion uh, with him and the match committee is that some of their selections are terrible in my opinion and uh, you know not recognising where we are on the ladder uh, the Matt Crouch one could be political uh, being in the sense of trying to make it look like he's still a good player so we can trade him at the end of the year, I don't know um,
0: who knows well, it's, not, work- it's not working Macca it's not working. Well, it's actually exposing well, Matt talking, Crouch as a very uh, average player. Well,
1: yeah, uh, he hasn't certainly dominated. That's for certain. And well, he hasn't but he's selected, you know. But Chaps like Book, for example, I was surprised when he got dropped because, okay, he might he uh, he might have had a a poor game, but I thought overall he was. I thought he's coming along and tracking along well, and and it, it's going to be people like him who are going to be the future of the club who do actually have some talent and that can actually ultimately be a very good player for the club. And yeah. so I just think they should identify those players that really do have the ability to to go forward long-term and, and then back them in. that makes us a little bit weaker overall.
0: That's exactly the point that I was making, Maco. That, that he needs to start backing players in and giving them a run. He backed Jackson Hatley in, and I think that's because he had exposure to Jack at GWS. Um, and then, yeah. and then, and then, like, he throws him out onto a wing again. I don't understand it. Anyway, I think we'll leave it there, mate. We've got a tough second half of the year, and I think. Um, you know, there's a couple of... We're lucky enough that we play North and West Coast twice, so there's four more wins or three more wins. We've already beaten West Coast once. Um, but uh, I think all that does is, is give us a, uh, a weaker draft hand. I would like to see us down, you know, down at one or two again, but I don't think we're going to get much below four or five, unfortunately. Uh, we've I got. we Col- will
1: be around about four or five. Uh, One thing we should mention too, is that, uh, and it has been mentioned in the chat, and we would have got there eventually, so don't be too hard on us. Chelsea Randall, appointed to the coaching team, the first female to be appointed to an AFL team, uh, coaching team, a panel, in in my opinion. I think it is is a first. Uh, And I think Chelsea's a quality individual, quality uh, player at AFLW. And just on that last comment about AFLW, I think they've done an, an outstanding job to retain their players. With Port, Port coming in, and they have only managed to get uh, three players from the Crows. One of whose uh, Phillips is, and uh, she's on her last legs. Uh, one didn't play for it all for us last year, and the other one uh, Mules. Uh, they've got a nice replacement for her from West uh, West Coast, I think it is. Um, so I would expect our AFLW. Uh, side to uh, be a very dominant side again this year and uh, well
0: done to Chelsea Randall Yep, I don't have an opinion on uh, Chelsea's appointment, I don't know what her qualities are that uh, uh, made them think that she'd be a good development coach but obviously uh, they're putting some faith and trust in her, so good on her Uh, she's certainly been an absolute champion for the club with the AFLW team so I hope she makes every post a winner because she certainly deserves it and I think Macca, that's a good way to finish off the uh, cast this week. Thanks, mate, for joining us. Uh, thanks to everyone on YouTube and Discord. I don't know what happened with the disconnect there halfway through the night with the Discord chat coming up, but anyway. Um, we will see you again uh, after the Suns-Crows game, which will be an interesting game at Metricon Macca next Sunday. Um, yep. It'll be on form we'll struggle but uh, you never know but anyway thanks everyone for joining us uh, enjoy your uh, queen's birthday monday holiday um i hope everyone stays safe and well and we'll see you next uh, same to you maca as well and we'll see you next sunday nada yeah not
1: all